up the truth. In order to achieve freedom and have good success, we must meditate on the word of God, which is the word of truth, and also obey the word of truth. We must execute and apply. Application is required. Also, we can speak and pray the word of God. In Isaiah chapter 55, verse 10 and 11, tells us, For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returns not there, but waters the earth, and makes it bring forth in bud, that it may give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. The Word of God is scripturally revealed truth given by supernatural means. God's Word of truth turns you from the world's wrong way of thinking to His ways which are holy and full of righteousness. Please keep us in your prayers and we'll be praying for you. And may God continue to bless you and increase your faith in Jesus' name. Father God, we thank you for another day. We thank you for all that you're doing in our lives. We thank you for how you're bringing us to a better understanding of you. We thank you for just being God all by yourself with all the things that's going on in the world. We thank God. We thank you, God, just for being God, for taking us through each and every day. And Father God, we ask you to be in the midst to lead and guide us, Sister Pam, to give her what thus says the Lord for us today and for every day. And, Father, we ask you all these many blessings in your son Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, sis. Uh, I'm excited this morning because the Lord had given me a topic that uh, is for me. All all the lessons that we share and all our discussions is for me, too, because God's word is a two-edged sword, but... The topic today is the Lord Jesus will meet you where you are. Praise and, God. Yes, ma'am. Before, uh, before, before we called into the line this morning, Brother Williams was sharing on how when he was in prison that he was reading and, when he, he, and he prayed and asked God for understanding. And when he came across a word that he didn't understand, he would look find a dictionary, and then he would ask someone about it. He was seeking and searching. Because he did, God met that need, and he met him right where he was. Amen. And the same God that met him in prison those years ago is still here present with us, and he is willing and waiting to meet us where we are. And so we're going to talk about some of the, uh, some of the examples in the Word of God. We search for love everywhere, but the Word of God is loaded with love stories on how yes. God not only loves his people, his chosen, but there are people that was kicked to the curb that nobody thought about, and the Lord will send his angel to show them, to open their eyes to see or, you know, give them, show them where water is or something to show how much he loves his people. And so we just thank God and give him praise. Because he's a wonderful, mm-hmm. loving God. He tr- truly yes, is. Yes, he is. Yes. Amen. Right. So we're uh, going to start reading in Genesis chapter 3, 3 and 8. 
It says, and they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called unto Adam, verse 9, and said unto him, Adam, and, said, and the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? You see, even though Adam and Eve sinned and they broke the commandment and they did what God told them not to do, in their wrong, he still met them. That's why he's saying, Where are you, son? He's calling us, Where mm-hmm. are we, daughter? And the enemy will have, because we all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That's the word of God. But when we do wrong, the enemy sometimes will have us in such shame and we'll feel yes. such disgrace instead yes. of turning and repenting and going back yes. to our Father, waiting for us. We keep on going out and, and or, or we isolate ourselves or we just bury ourselves deeper and deeper and we can't pull ourselves out of the mess that we're in. We need the Lord. And so I said, Lord, I thank you. The Lord met him where he was, even in his wrong, because of his love. Let's go to Genesis. uh, We're going to do some reading today. Let's go to Genesis 16, 1, 2, and 3, please. Now, Sarah, Abram's wife, bare him no children, and she had a handmaiden an Egyptian, whose name was Haggai. And Sarah said unto Abram, Behold, now the Lord hath restrained me from bearing, and I pray thee, go in unto my maid. It may be that I may obtain children by her. And Abram hearkened to the voice of Sarah. And Sarah, Abram's wife, took Haggai, her maid, the Egyptian, after Abram had dwelled ten years in the land of Canaan and gave her to her husband, Abram, to be his wife. Here's a passage of um, Sarah. It's really important for her to have children, and so she comes up with this idea that... um, that, oh, okay, my handmaid, she's been with me for a while, and she may be able to bring forth a child for me, and then I could, that I can raise as my own. And so we come up with ideas of our own. She took yes. an innocent woman and gave her to her husband. Sarah put them together. Okay. And Abram could have said, no, daughter, no, dear, no, honey, honey pie. God said yes. that. Yes. I'm going to wait on the Lord. But he did. He listened to her voice. And once again, it was an innocent woman. And I thought about sometimes we come up with these ideas and we convince ourselves it's the Lord, and then we start mixing and doing things that God didn't tell us to do. But even in that, the Lord will meet us where we are once we realize, oh, what a mistake I've made. Yes, yes. And I thought about Hagar being the innocent woman being put together with, uh, with this idea that Sarah had. She was just innocent. 
But even God will look at the one who's innocent. Yes. Because he sees all. So we know that Hagar was an Egyptian and she was a servant girl to Sarah. So mm-hmm. we know her name, but we don't know anything else. We don't know um, how old she was. We just know she was a servant girl. And, and, and then it says in verse 3, And Sarah, Abram's wife, took Hagar, her maid, the Egyptian, after Abram had dwelt ten years in the land of Canaan, and gave her to her husband, Abram, to be his wife. And so I, in my mind that uh, ten years has passed, Hagar has been in their household for 10 years, and Sarah has this idea. And once again, Abraham agreed with his wife to have, to go into the servant girl to see if she would conceive, and yes, she did. Now let's go to um, Genesis chapter 21 and verse 14. Remember the thought for today is the Lord Jesus, he will meet us where we are. Amen even in our mistakes. And Abram rose up early in the morning and took bread and a bottle of water and gave it unto Haggai, putting it on her shoulder. And the child and went and sent her away. And she departed and wandered in the wilderness I'm going to read 21 and 14 because when I read this, I said there's a, there's a thought that came to my mind. And Abram rose up early in the morning and took bread and a bottle of water and gave it to, unto Hagar, put it in on her shoulder and the child, and sent her away. And she departed and wandered in the wilderness of Beersheba. The word that stands out, he sent her away. She got evicted. Yes. Because Through no fault of her own. Through no fault of her own. Yes. Now here, this was not her idea. This was not her idea. And and this and this happened because of somebody else, not because of her. But thank God that He doesn't throw us away. Yes, ma'am. She gave her to her husband. Her husband. Mm-hmm. Yes, ma'am. And and so here. Abram Ham put her out of his house. And I thought about, now, at this point, Ishmael is 13 years old. Thir- well, he was 13 before Isaac was born, when, when, when Isaac was born. So mm-hmm. Sarah is having a party for Isaac so, to, because it's time that he's weaned. So now another two or three years have gone by. So Ishmael is between 13, I'll say, and 16 years old, between 14 and 16 years old now. Now, all this time, Hagar has been in that household and been taken care of, and as you said, for hire. Her son is taken care of, and now now you're going to put me out of your house and yes. give me put some bread. That's what he did. And give me bread and water. And expect me to go, how will I take care of myself when I've been in your household, you've been, you know, God has used you to take care of me, provide me food, shelter, and clothing, and now you're putting me out. He wanted a son, and she gave him what well, they yes. both wanted. She gave him what he asked for, 
and now all of a sudden you're turning on me, and I only did what you asked, but you said key words. It was messed up from the beginning because God did not tell them to do that, and that's where we fall short. God is not telling us to go different places where we're going or to hook up with different people that we're hooking up with or to quit this job that he didn't tell us to quit or, you know, or to buy that car that he didn't. That's all. That's us. Amen. Amen. That's us doing things in our own sight that seems to be right in our own eyesight. Yes. But if you can read verse 15, please. And the water was spent in the bottle, and she cast the child onto one of the shrubs. Now here, the water that Abraham gave her is gone. And no doubt, because they were in Canaan, she's headed back to Egypt, and there's desert and dry land. And she's traveling, trying to... Because uh, the Bible doesn't say that he gave her a camel or a horse. So nope. the thought is she's on foot. And we don't mm-hmm. know, maybe her head was wrapped to protect her from the sun, but we don't know. Just the clothes on her back, and if she had sandals and the little lap. And like you said, it is a sad story, but even in the sadness, even when you're evicted, because the Bible also says she wandered in the wilderness. And sometimes we will have a wilderness spirit, but God, We'll still meet us where we are. Because I thought about how depressed she must have been, how discouraged she must have been, how rejected she must have felt, all of those emotions that she must have felt in distress. What am I going to do? How will I take care of my son? When the water was all gone from the bottle, she couldn't bear to see her in her mind, we're doomed, we're going to die. She couldn't bear to see her son die in front of her, but she said, let me not see the death of the child. And she sat over against him. She lifted up her voice. She began to cry. But look at what verse 17 says. And God heard the voice of who? (laughs) Of the lad. He heard the voice of the child. The Lord met him right where he was. The Lord, he heard him. And then it says, and the angel of God called unto Hagar out of heaven and said unto her, what's troubling you, Hagar? Do not be afraid, for God has heard the voice of the lad where he is. God meets us this right where we are. Yes, praise God. Wherever you are today in your life, he will meet you there. Whatever you're struggling with. When we need him, yeah. he's there to meet us. If we have a financial difficulties, if we run out of gas, he's there to meet us. If the car is broken, you need an engine, a transmission, the Lord is there to meet us where we are. And even in separation and desperation, like yeah. said, the Lord heard the lad right where he was. And that's why I said, this is a love story about how the man will forsake you, but the Lord never will. Amen. Amen. I thought about this. Even as Christians, 
And believers, sometimes we make critical decisions that affect our entire life. We have no idea how wrong that we do. And it doesn't have to be a sin. Just the wrong No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. It can still turn things around for us. Yes. 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 The Lord is well, well able to change something that's horrific into a blessing. And so let's, I'm going to read, um, read verse 18. So the angel cries out, speaks to Hagar and tells her, Arise, go lift up the lad and hold him in your hand. Go comfort him. For I will make him a great nation. Now, here's another promise, sis. Here's a mm-hmm. promise to someone who was kicked to the curb, who someone yes. was abandoned, who someone was evicted out of their house. They were put out. Yes. Mm-hmm. In verse 19, and God opened her eyes, and she saw a well of water. And Jesus. She went Filled the bottle with water and gave the lad drink, gave him something to drink. He met her knee right where she was. Mm-hmm. Isn't that something how she wasn't, yeah. she wasn't asking for a palace? She just wanted some water to give him a son because he was thirsty. And no doubt the sun had pierced him. He was dehydrated, yes. sis. Yes. The Lord yes. gave her not just a bottle of water. He showed her. He showed her a well full of water. A well of water, overflowing. Yes, yes. He's ready to fix it and and heal you and touch your body and turn things around. And then he gave her a blessing. I'm gonna make him a great nation. And I'll tell you, verse 19, when God opened her eyes, he gave her now. He gave her a vision. Yes. Clarity. All the mm-hmm. fear that she had about what what am I going to do now? What all everything, the doubt, all the anxiety, the feelings of anxiety. You know all those feelings we feel when we're so afraid and we don't know what to do. He removed yes. all of that from her and turned her life around. Yes. Thank you, Father. Yes. Thank you, Father. When we get into trouble, even though we repent, our response should be to go directly to the Lord. So we know to repent when we need to repent, but then after that, we still need the Lord to show us how to get out of the mess we got ourselves into. Amen. Amen. Um, I want to go over to, if time permits, I'll have two more scriptures. One is Genesis 29, Genesis 29 and 16. Here's another woman who's in distress, but God met her where she was. And just throughout the Bible, I just I just went through Genesis and just started going through Genesis and Exodus, going through the throughout the Bible, men and women were in distress. So Genesis 29 and 16, it says, And Laban had two daughters. The name of the elder was Leah, and the name of the younger was Rachel. And Leah was tender-eyed, but Rachel was beautiful and well-favored. And Jacob loved Rachel and said, I will serve thee seven years for Rachel, thy younger daughter. And Laban said, it is better that I give her to thee than that I should give her to another man. Abide with me in verse 20. And Jacob served seven years for Rachel, 
and they seemed unto him but a few days for the love that he had to her. So Jacob has met Laban, and he's also met his future wife. Her name is Rachel, and he's so in love with her. The seven years that he's working, and you know he's working hard. His heart is palpitating for this young woman. He's excited Mm -hmm. to marry her. He loves her deeply. He cherishes her. And so those seven years seem just a few days. This particular passage is not about Jacob's love for Rachel, but it's about today, about God meeting Leah, because Leah is the one who wasn't loved. Verse 30. And he went in also to Rachel. Now he served served seven years, and God, Leah was tricked. Their dad gave Leah first, and then he served another seven years to get Rachel. So he served a total of 14 years for the love of his life. But verse 30 says, mm-hmm. and he went in also unto Rachel. Now he gets to marry her, and he consummates the marriage. Listen to what the scripture says. And he loved also Rachel, what, more than Leah, and served with him yet seven other years. So the man served a total of 21 years because of the love that he has for this one woman. Oh, my goodness. But look at what verse 31 says. And when the Lord saw that Leah was what? Hated. He, he, she wasn't loved. She was hated. She was a wife, but she wasn't loved. And there are men today who have wives, but they do not love them. And this was the case with Jacob. He didn't ask for Leah, but he still continued to take care of her and tend to her niece as a spouse. But she was hated. Look at what the Lord said. And when the Lord saw that Leah was hated, he opened her womb, but Rachel was barren. And the Lord met Leah where she was. Here's another innocent woman. Her daddy gave her to that man. Yes, ma'am. And and this is another example. Roll it for it. We have cases now where people are forced to join together. They're forced to work with each other. They're forced to get married. And because of that, you're right, resentment builds up. But even in resentment, the Lord can meet the innocent victim where she is or where he is. So in verse 32, and Leah conceived, the Bible says, and bare a son, and she called his name Reuben, for she said, surely Leah realized, surely the Lord has looked upon my affliction now, therefore, my husband will love me. So she's thinking because it was an honor for a woman to have a son. Leah, in her mind, I'm going to do everything right. I'm going to serve my husband. I'm going to treat him right. And thank you, Lord, for giving me a man child. And the Lord has seen how I'm hated. The Lord has seen my suffering and my sorrow. And the Lord has seen that I'm innocent, but my husband doesn't love me. But she's thinking that. When she gives him a boy child, another boy child, another that he's going to love her, but that didn't change his love for her. But God saw that, and and God recognized her sorrow, sis. He recognized her pain, even though she Mm -hmm. wanted badly for her her husband to respond with the same love, the love that she needed, it came from the Lord. And we are the same in our human ways. We make mistakes. Sometimes we are led or tricked into things. We are deceived. 
We are seduced and we are led into different things, into contracts that we have no idea. Sometimes they have a sign. I signed, co-signed for a relative. I didn't know. The car dealership had me sign my name first. I had no idea of me signing my name first, and I was the main person. When the car got yeah. retold, they didn't come after the relative. They they garnished my tag. Amen. Amen. I was, but I was tricked. I didn't know. Yeah, because we don't know. And he said, we don't I, know. I, I was <laughs> but, <laughs> yes. But I didn't know that either, Sister Pam, until something happened. Yes. Yes. <laughs> And so, but the Lord, he sees and he meets us where we are. I didn't get counsel to uh, before co-signing. I did. I, I, I was, I, a relative asked me to co-sign, and I did uh, in, in my mind, out of the kindness of my heart, but it wasn't the right thing to do because that person wasn't paying their other bills, so how could they pay on a car note? And anyway, God worked it out. <laughs> But seeking seeking counsel and God seeing all, he makes a way to escape, or he will turn that which is bad into a good situation. And let's go down. I want to go down to verse 35. And she, Leah, conceived again and bare a son. And she said, Now will I praise the Lord. Therefore she called his name Judah and left bearing. Now when we read this scripture, she went from saying, No, my husband will love me. She got it. Oh, this man loves the other woman, my sister. But God, the Lord loves me. And she says, I'm going to. By the time she had Judah, she says, I'm going to praise the Lord. And she named him Judah. And Judah means praise. And our Lord and Savior came from Judah. Judah, yes, yes. So God took a situation, like you said, that wasn't a part of the contract to marry the oldest daughter. But Man tried to twist it and corrupt, but God took something that man polluted and turned it around and blessed her womb. Not only did he bless her, but her name is down in history. Her child that she bore is actually our promised Savior. He's the one that came out of a a hateful situation. So even when you're not loved, even if you grow up in a family where, you know, there's favoritism and you don't feel love, and God can still take that and turn it around and bless us if we allow him to because he sees where we are. Amen. He will meet us exactly where we are. Last story. Um, we're going to go to First um, Kings 17 and 1. But there are so many stories just throughout the Bible, oh, my Lord, where God took a bad, what appeared to be a bad situation, and, and it became a beautiful love story. First mm-hmm. Kings 7 and 1. And as we study these scriptures and seek the Lord and ask for wisdom and ask for understanding, he will show us different things that you've just never seen before, and that's just so exciting. Uh, but this is, a, this is an account of a widow woman. And uh, verse 17 and 1, 1 Kings 17 and 1, And Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel liveth before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. So the Lord told the king Ahab he had, he had, he was, he had married um, 
Jezebel, and he was under the influence of her. He forsook the true God. He uh, built false gods and had people, you know, bow down worshiping the false gods and turn their hearts away from the Lord. And there was a lot of, you know, idolatry. And so the Lord is causing a famine. And he sent Elijah, the prophet, to tell him that there is not going to be a rain, rain or dew to wet the ground. Mm -hmm. So that means there's going to be a drought. But look at verse 2. And the word of the Lord came unto him. That's Elijah saying. Now here's instructions that the Lord has given to Elijah. Verse 3, get thee hence, leave this place, and turn thee eastward, and hide thyself by the brook Cherith that is before Jordan. So he's given him instructions to go to Jordan. And it shall be, verse 4, that you shall drink of the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. How about that? Ain't that something? It is. Here's the vision, but the Lord is meeting Elijah where he is. He's meeting him, and he's giving him instructions on what to do. And look at verse 5. So Elijah didn't say, what, a bird? A bird's going to bring me some what? You want me to go where? Because we do the Lord like that. We can't see yes. the big picture. Yes. The Lord is just looking for us to obey so we can receive the blessing. Amen. And so verse mm-hmm. 5, can you read verse 5? So he went. So Elijah, what did he do? He went. In other words, he obeyed. He did yes. exactly what the Lord told him to do. We have to get to a place where yes. we are absolutely obedient and doing what God told us to do without asking any questions. Yes. Yes. And because even if it don't, even if it don't make sense to us, any sense. Yes, ma'am. Because <laughs> we don't need to know all the answers. Because if we did, we would mess no. it up and try to. That's what happened with Sarah and Abram. That's what happened to them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord, for he went and dwelled by the brook Cherith, that is before Jordan, in verse 6. And the ravens brought bread unto him, bread and flesh in the morning, and bread and flesh in the evening, and he drank of the brook. Now, why did the ravens bring food to Elijah? To, to sustain him until it's during that time. Yes, ma'am. It's not a trick question, but because God told them to. You know, we 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 try to bring God down to our little small imagination and mind. That's why God says, my thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways. As high as the heaven is above the earth, so are my ways higher than. We have no idea what God has in store for us. We just need to walk the walk and obey as we're taking those steps by faith towards what God has called us to do. Amen. So the Amen. ravens brought him bread and fish in the morning and bread and flesh, sorry, flesh in the evening, and he drank of the brook. And look, and it came to pass, verse 7, after a while that the brook dried up there because there was no rain in the land. Now, now this is something God brought to me. When we get to verse 8, can you read verse 8? And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying. Stop right there. Right. Now, 
Now, Elijah stayed put until the next word came. Elijah stayed put until the next word came. He wasn't sitting there saying, okay, what am I supposed to do, Lord? I'm tired of waiting on you. Lord, when are you going to get me away from this brook? Lord, I'm tired. He didn't murmur and complain like the children of Israel. We have to be careful not to do that as well. Yes. While Elijah was waiting because he was satisfied, okay, the Lord says, therefore, having food and raiment, having food and shelter, having food and clothing, be what? Content. Because godliness with contentment is what? Is great gain, many benefits. So while he was sitting there, he wasn't t- complaining about how bored and how he was tired of eating the bread and the flesh that came from. He was content, and he sat there until the next instructions came. So in verse mm-hmm. eight, and the word of the Lord came to him saying, "Now it's time for you to get up, arise, and go to Zarephath." which belongs to Zion, and live there, or dwell there. Behold, now, first he commanded the birds to take care of him. Now he's commanded, he said, I have commanded a widow woman to sustain or take care of you there. Here's his next road trip. (laughs) (laughs) And look at what he says in verse 10. Did Elijah get up and say, a widow woman, what am I going to say? That's how we do the Lord. He got up. See, Elijah was obedient to his master. He was obedient to the Lord. Yes. So he arose and went to Zarephath, and when he came to the gates of the city, and so mm-hmm. he says he goes there, but guess who's going to meet him there? He didn't ask God about why I'm going. When in his obedience to walk by faith, sis, God had the next person in mm-hmm. line to help him. And we were trying to carry all this burden and weight by ourselves, and the Lord didn't intend for us to do that. Remember, the Lord will meet you right where you are. Yes, He'll meet us where we are. Yes. But when he, in meeting us, he wants us, when he gives us an instruction, we do. We need to stay put until he gives us instruction. And once we get clarity, now it's time to move to the next step. We have to wait, like you said. Our response should be, okay, now, Lord, what will I do? Now what will you have me to do? Let me go back to verse 10. So he rose, arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, the entrance of the city, behold, the widow woman was there gathering of sticks. And he called to her and said, fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in the vessel that I may drink. And verse 11, and as she was going to fetch it, he called to her, and said, bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thy hand. So look, she in her obedience is going to get the water. He also asked, bring me a piece of bread in your hand. Look at what her response is, verse 12. And she said, as the Lord thy God, she knew the Lord, liveth. I do not have a cake but a handful of meal in a barrel and a little oil in a cruise. And behold, I am gathering two sticks that I may go in and dress it for me and my son, that we may eat it and die. Here's another woman in distress, just like Hagar, because there's no, there has been no rain. When we go, I believe, in Hebrews, it said it was three and a half years before it rained, sis. Yes. That was a mm-hmm. serious drought. And so she, yes, she's down to her last, and she said, I don't have a cake, 
but I got some meal in the barrel and just a little oil. I'm getting two sticks to make a fire. I'm going to dress it for me and my son so we can eat it. This is going to be our last meal, so she thought. Mm-hmm. Verse 13, and Elijah said unto her, do not be afraid. Go and do as I Go and do as thou hast said, and make me thereof a little cake first, and bring it unto me, and after make for thee and thy son. Now, he was a man of God, and I believe she recognized it. And for thus, look, look, he's given her a word, verse 14. For thus said the Lord God of Israel, the bearer of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruise of oil fail or stop until the day that the Lord sent rain upon the earth. And verse 15, and she went and did according to the saying of Elijah, the man of God. And she and he and her house did eat many days. Yes. And the barrel of meal wasted not, neither did the cruise of oil fail according to the word of the Lord, which he spake by Elijah. Hallelujah. Thank the Lord you. met her where she was, even in a time of drought. Yes. And he took care of her. Over a year, he fed her, her household, her son, and the man of God. The Lord will meet us where we are, sis. You don't yes. have to have a dime in the bank. You may yes. have one gallon of gas in your car. But if you look to the Lord, if you ask him yes. what to do and in your obedience to him, he will meet yes. you exactly where you are. Yes. That's the kind of God yes. we serve. And we have to keep that in memory no matter what the enemy may bring our way to try to discourage us or to get us to turn our back on the Lord or to give us, he tries to get us to give up. You know, he talks to us all the time of trying to get us to, be, to accuse other people. You know, we need to keep our eyes locked on the Lord. But I, I thank God. I, I, he will meet me where I am. Because some people are having issues mentally. They are. Some people are struggling with uh, fear and anxiety, especially with the COVID. And they keep saying the, you know, the variant is out and another. You know, all these things they keep saying is happening. We don't have to be afraid, sis. Amen. Amen. We just keep our eyes on God. Yes, Lord. Just one comment. Okay. You know, just you know, all that we we hear, study, read, you know, what I mean that's coming from the Lord. You know, one of my things is that that we continue to pray and uh, to continue to receive God's word and and not just store it up as. Um, the story says has the man storing up all of these things and not distributing it to anyone else. You know, I hear a lot of good good words, you know, and I constantly think about when I sit in and receive these words, I take it, you know, and pass it on in what I have learned. So I'm praying that the same thing, all of the seeds that he's constantly giving us I'm praying that we would just scatter them out, you know, into others so that they can, you know, take that same seed and plant it and grow. You know, I just think about that. And, uh, 
You know, I know it's difficult for some because a lot of people really just don't know about Christ. So my prayer is that we continue to think about, you know what I mean, not just self, but mm-hmm. others. Mm-hmm. And then let's just continue to get the word out. Mm-hmm. You know, what word? God's word. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I, I just thank, thank God for uh, being able to hear. Amen. Um, Father, we thank you, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, for your love and your grace. And, and Lord, we there are many who are like Rahab. Rahab was a, uh, she, the Bible called her a harlot. You met her where she was. You saved her family when the walls were coming down in Jericho, Lord God. And we know Saul was on the road to Damascus to arrest your people because they called and believed on the name of Jesus. And, Lord, you met him where he was, even though he thought he was doing right, and he wasn't, Lord God. And so, and even the thief on the cross that, that we mentioned, and, Lord, there's so many stories throughout the Bible where you met people. Peter was a cousin sailor. He cursed and uh, Thomas doubted, and even though they walk with you, and so uh, you, you still you meet us where we are. We thank you, and it's because of your love, Lord God, and your grace, Lord God, and your mercy that you extend towards your people, even though we don't deserve it, Lord God. You are good, and we thank you, Lord God, and we praise you, and we thank you for your word that we can hide in our hearts because we do not. Even though sometimes we do, we do not want to sin against you. Thank you for forgiving us of all of our sins, and thank you for meeting us where we are. In Jesus' name, amen.